Guys, people, on today's show, I get real passionate discussing these topics. So if you enjoy those episodes where I just get raw and inspiration and start preaching by mistake, all of that, you're going to get all that today as we first answer a question or ask a question around Clark Kent and Superman. But really where I spend my time is talking about the baby elephant syndrome. And you might want to sit back, relax, and enjoy that inspiration. Uh, enjoy that inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. I started too early. Inspire guys, people. Inspire guys, the Inspire guys, people. 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 It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's What's up people? I am your host Jay Will And I would like to welcome you To Inspire Guys People Where we balance faith and business To guide you to your purpose Alright man, I got a very special guest in the studio With me today before we get started And I kick her out the studio uh, Because she played too much And I love her uh, I got my niece Tatum in here. Tay Tay, what up? Say something to the people. What you got to say? Well, I've been here for a very long time. And my mommy, like, they picked me up from Gigi's house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's my niece Tatum. I actually had to cut her off and edit some stuff out because y'all know kids just go right to telling people business. Okay. And I do not want her parents mad at me. I ain't getting no clearances from my sister or, or her dad about having her on the show. So she was just on the show real quick. Hopefully I don't get in trouble uh, for letting their daughter talk to the world. But I did cut out when she was telling y'all business because she went right. I'm talking about directly into telling y'all stuff that ain't none of y'all business. Um, I don't know why kids are like that. I look forward to having kids one day so I can hopefully try to train them into not telling my business. But I think it's going to be unsuccessful. Uh, me and Tiff took Darius and, and his kids out last week to um, the steakhouse, you know, our, our spot that I told y'all, you know, our spot that's at the crib that ain't $250, you know, it's $100 or whatever, but it was a bunch of us that went to eat because Darius got 22 kids. Man, we went to, to eat, and when I tell you Zion and Zoe, first Isaiah sat with us, you know what I'm saying, my nephew Isaiah, whose middle name is Jermaine, shout out Zay Zay, that's my guy. Shout out to Darius for naming his son Jermaine. You know what I'm saying, dude? That, that means something to me. I got two. I got uh, Charlie, whose middle name is Jermaine. My boy, Kel, uh, my brother, named his son middle name Jermaine. That means the world to me to have kids with their middle name Jermaine. Um, y'all probably regret it now that they're getting older. Like, man, I don't even like him that much. Well, I name, but I love y'all anyway. Um, but yeah, um, Isaiah sat there. It was cool. Isaiah, 10 years old, about to be 11. We talked like, you know. These kids think they grown these days. Cool. When Zion and Zoe, oh, you talking three and five, I believe. Woo. Just like Tatum. They told me so much of Darius and Kiera business. It didn't matter. I told Darius when we left, I was like, you know what, man? It was nice talking to you tonight. Because cause your kids told me so much of y'all business. It, even as your brother, I'm uncomfortable hearing some of the things I've heard. Make up your bed, bro. Because she said you're not. I'm just joking. She didn't say that. Anyway, um, that's Tatum. If you've heard any of my music, you know, this is for the 
Look, I tell y'all, it's always behind the scenes stuff with me. That's what you got to understand with this show. It's always we're peeling back layers, man, because life is about layers and understanding beyond the surface, right? So if you've heard any of my music, there's two songs. One is entitled So Bad, and this is on my project called Not Your Average. I'll play a little clip of both of these songs so y'all can check them out. Just a small, like, minute or so. So Bad, Tatum is actually crying in the beginning of the song. Um, and that was literally, I was in the basement playing the piano, and she was upstairs crying. I'm like, man, she's killing my recording because she used to cry a lot. And so I sent it to Red. And he just like, he made a track out of it, like a real track, her real crying. So we got a song called So Bad. And then in my song, Under the Sun, which I actually mentioned Isaiah, um, Charlie and Zay Zay on that song as well. Um, but that song is, you know, about my unborn son that I'm hoping and praying to have one day uh, by the grace of God, me and Tiff. And that song, I say, uh, I talk about Tay Tay. She's more than a niece to me. My puzzle was scattered. Da 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 da. So that's Tatum. So if you want to know, like, oh, man, I got this dope connection with my niece. She's a very special uh, young lady, very smart, um, just an amazing girl, talented. And, um, you know, like many of my nephews and nieces, um, definitely love them all. Tay-Tay is just like since she was born, I don't know. She like me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she like me. I love her. And, uh, yeah, that's Tatum. So we had to let her get on the show. She came in the studio and she had to say something. But let's. You know what? Let's first, let me let y'all hear just a quick 30-second clip of both of those songs, and then we can get into some dope topics today. I want to kick it with y'all about some things. Um, I asked a question on Facebook, so we'll get into that. And then I got this other, um, what is it called? The baby elephant syndrome. We want to talk about that as well. Let's do it. We'll start off with So Bad. So Bad. So Bad. Because I know who I'm meant to be doesn't mean that I wasn't struggling finna quit You just heard a little bit of a song entitled So Bad That's on my project entitled Not Your Average by J. Will Music J-W-I-L Music It's all one word That features the vocals of my sister Dominique Benford Used to be Dominique James But she's been married since the song came out So shout out to my sister And of course produced by the homeboy The real Red Campbell Jr. If you listen closely, you heard my niece Tatum crying in the intro while I was playing the piano. And then we made a song out of it, So Bad, talking about things you want so bad, but also asking God for the balance to slow down if he wants you to slow down and really wanting things while delighting in the Lord and according to his will. So check out that song entitled So Bad by J. Will Music on my project entitled Not Your Average. Now we're going to do the same thing, take a quick 
peek, a one minute peek into a song entitled Under the Sun. The sun makes all things new, yeah. Me and wifey got just enough faith to keep making it. But I don't think we got enough faith to be atheists. I grew up with two dads, my son don't even have one. Never would have thought I'd have to settle for a guy's son. May not have a namesake, but I got two nephews that can make my name great. Charlie and Zay Zay, both their middle names Jay. Man, that feels so great. And on top of that, God sent my Tay, my Tay. Tay, my Tay. My tay, my tay, oh that's my tay, my tay, my tay, my tay. She's more than a niece to me. My puzzle was scattered. It's like God took a piece from me, then gave peace to me. Everything that was once bitter is sweet to me. Lately I've been off my feet, keep sweeping me. Come on, it's nothing new under the sun. It's nothing new under the sun. The sun makes all things new. You just heard Under the Sun by yours truly, J. Will Music. That's one L, J-W-I-L, Music. It's all one word. And the project is entitled, ironically, Under the Sun. So yeah, you heard uh, me talk about Zay Zay and Charlie having my middle name and my niece Tatum. That song in there is actually the Tay Mate, Mate, Mate. Oh, that's my tay, my tay, my tay, my tay. Now, let me tell you the uh, little history behind that. Um, when we first, like, started babysitting her, I don't know, she was four or five months or whatever when we first started keeping her, um, you know, here and there. And um, when she first started coming over, she would cry so much as a baby, right? This is tying into the first song. She cried so much as a baby, and... I had to sing to make her stop and like walk around and like for whatever reason from like the moment I met this child as a baby she has like liked me and loved me and we just kind of like it was weird I didn't know you can like hit it off with a kid and like y'all personalities could just mesh and um she's just such a special kid so I incorporated that song that was kind of like her little special song that I used to sing for her when she was little she five now you know so she know the song I asked her to sing it yesterday she sung it just to see if she remembered, but she ain't trying to hear it, you know what I'm saying, no more. But um, I used to sing that song to her, like, every time I saw her. And um, so, yeah, it was just like a special moment to make that a part of the song about my unborn son or children, but also wanting to thank God for the children who are in my life, you know, having nephews that have my name, having nephews and nieces that are not mentioned in a song, of course, and people in my life. But um, always trying to keep that balance um, so that people understand, like, I'm, I'm grateful at the same time. Like, you can want something, you could be praying for something, and sometimes it could be a challenge to stay grateful. But I'm so grateful, man. Like, um, you know, God really, like, used her to do something that, like, maybe people can't fully understand, like, when you going through that. And I'm not going to say people can't understand because we all going through something. Let me not say it like that. But I guess my point is, like, for me, at a, at a point in life five years ago, um, if I'm just being real, let me just, let me just be all the way real, because that's why we do this podcast. Um, it, it, it was a struggle for me to connect with kids. You know what I'm saying? Because, I, like, I'm the oldest of nine children, right? And so I can connect with kids from a mentor or big brother position. That was... That still comes naturally to me to this day 
um, with people younger than me, not necessarily kids. But then as the, as you get older and the gap grows, like it's like, oh, like dealing with kids from a certain standpoint as like an adult dealing like it's like, oh, you a kid. You don't say nothing. Why would I want to hold you? Uh, you don't talk. Um, but anyway, so it was a it was a struggle and God really used her to break something and like kind of like show me another side of myself. And it actually makes it, believe it or not, since she's been born and us having our relationship, it has made it easier for me connecting with all of the kids who came into my life after her. Whereas before that, I might have struggled and it wasn't like. I just didn't know how to like she. Yeah, God used her to do something. So I'm grateful for that. Um, That's my niece, Tatum. All right. Y'all tired of hearing about Tay Tay? Forget y'all if y'all tired of hearing about Tay Tay. That's my girl. You going to hear about Tay Tay. Uh, No, I just figure I'll talk about her since she was here with me today. Uh, I made her leave the studio and go with my wife because, uh, yeah, if she was in here, she was in here trying to play the piano. And yeah, this show would have never got done. So uh, let's thank God for but also thank God that uh, my wife is here and could take her away and they could go do whatever kids like to do with their grown auntie. It's time to get social. Let's get social. It's time to get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Guys, people, we haven't done this segment in a while. Uh, we haven't done this segment in a while. Uh, I'm so happy to get social with y'all today, man. Uh, we gonna take a look at my Facebook page, and we might venture over to Twitter as well because I posted a question, right? I posed the question uh, to my Facebook and Twitter audience, and this is a question um, that I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell y'all where it derived from. Probably 10 years ago, 11 years ago. In a verse that I wrote for a song called Super Music. And we've talked about it and played that on here. And I said something like, um, the difference between Clark Kent and Superman is Clark Kent denies all the power that he has. Superman embraces everything that's within. Dot, dot, dot. I don't remember from there. But this is how my mind works. I need y'all to understand. That's why so many things that I do are interconnected. Like, Oh, you do an album, Inspire God's People. Then it's a podcast. Then who knows what else? And like, there are things I say in my songs that become albums themselves, like Afraid to Be Great, Not Your Average, which is a... Anyway, we're not going to play that game right now. What's my point is that this is a thought that I've had for years, but I had the thought the different way. I'm intrigued by the idea of the difference between Clark Kent and Superman, right? And before I used to say Clark Kent was denying all his power and, and Superman embraces it. I think that's a valid way to look at this, you know, um, situation. However, today I posed a different question. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the question to you. I want you to think a little bit about it and like, you know, ask yourself what you think the answer is. But I'm also going to share some answers from the comments um, that people gave uh, through my social media thread. And I am going to say the names. I, I stopped kind of doing this segment sometimes because I think some people don't want you to say their name. But I'm kind of like, well, you kind of posted it on a public post so anybody could go read it. So, yeah, we're going to read your names today just to give you credit because I don't want to take credit for it and hope that nobody gets mad at me because it's all love. I'm just saying your name to show you love. Here's the question. 
Why do you think Clark Kent never told the public he was Superman? I want you to think about that. Why do you think Clark Kent never told the public he was Superman? It ain't no right or wrong answer because it, we don't know the real answer. But here's why I'm asking you this today. For me, like, everybody's personality is a little different. Like, we live in this digital world where there's a lack of privacy, right? And people think they have the right to know every little thing you do. And if I'm being real, it makes me a little uncomfortable just because I'm more of a chill and low-key person. I don't necessarily always need the attention. I don't always need everybody to know everything I do. And if I'm being honest, sometimes I like the element of surprise, like as you get to know me, that you find out more. And I also think that part of getting to know someone and pulling back the layers, just like you listening to this show, right? If you listen all the way from episode one on up now, this is episode 125, you're going to learn more about me the more time you put in. I'm going to learn more about you in a relationship, a friendship, whatever. The more time I put in with you, I'll find things out. Now, you probably could have put in all the time in the world with uh, Clark Kent and never learned he was Superman. But I don't know. Lois Lane put in that time and she know. You feel me? All right. So, look, I'm asking this because. Again, I like a little privacy. Um, and I think about like my, my, my life in the corporate world versus like creatively, like this podcast and other things, right? I've been in the corporate world for 14 years, almost 15 years. Like people find out other things about me just from getting to know me. So like, you know, you might not know I got an album or I have, I don't go to work telling people I have a podcast, right? But it's funny, it comes out in different ways. I'm going to give you an example. Two things. About, this is 2015-ish, 2014, something up in there. 2013, 2014 was when I first started getting the opportunity to rap at corporate events. And I remember um, how the guy, this one guy, one person, he came to work with me one day from headquarters, and I had raised my hand as like, hey, he can ride, you know, and come, you know, come on my route and I'll show him around the city of Detroit. This is back when I was, you know, in the city of Detroit working. And he came and spent the day with me going around to businesses in our line of work. And just in the car, the kind of person he was, he was the kind of person that wants to talk to you and get to know you. He ended up sharing that he plays the guitar and does some music. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I do some music, too. I ended up letting him hear some of my music. This was the first time I did that. Long story short, a couple years later, they wanted somebody to rap while, they, while he played the guitar. It was this whole little band, and they wanted to do something at one of our big corporate events that everybody comes to, and they asked me to rap. So I'm like, all right, I'll rap. We didn't tell nobody, though. They was like, we're not going to tell nobody. So nobody at my job had knew me in this way, knew I had this talent. We do this event out in Cleveland and at, you know, at a hotel in a ballroom and I come out and I rap and people go crazy like, yo, you know, it was like a little, a corporate rap, you know, mixing in the company, a little verse about the company. What am I saying? That was how people found that out about me. I don't just go around talking about it, but it ended up opening a lot of doors for me too. So for me, I enjoy like being Clark Kent and you not knowing that I have any superpowers until it makes sense for me to use them. You get what I'm saying? 
Or if it never makes sense, you just never have to know that I can do something. And I'm not going to use the other examples, but that has happened again recently. Um, I guess I will say briefly, last week, I got asked to speak on one of our town halls, which is like, you know, a big company, you know, when a company does a, it's like the State of the Union address from the president type deal in a certain function of the company. few hundred people typically see it, you know, between 250, 600, 700 people, depending on which town hall it is. And um, I did one last month, and then I got one to do one this month that was pre-recorded. Last month was live. This month when I did it pre-recorded, it's a big production, production company, all these things. And so most people have to come in and rehearse and do it a couple times. And I went through mine and did it the first time, and they was like, oh. And the production lady was like, from the studio, she was like, oh, so I take it you must have done this before. And they was just tripping that I was able to come in there. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to brag or nothing. But I'm like, I can talk, right? I literally can because I come here every week and I use this gift and I talk. But I don't necessarily have to go around and tell people when it makes sense, they will see the gift. Now, I said all that to say, that's my perspective. That don't mean that's how you got to live it. But I'm also saying you don't have to be a person that live your whole life through social media just because everybody think you should do that, too. Or just because it'll bring you more followers or more podcast listens. It's like, no, like, I'm sorry. I'm not willing to sell out who I am just to get more people to like me, quote unquote. Right. So I have a purpose behind what I'm doing. So I do it this way. And I'm not saying your purpose has to be my purpose. I'm just sharing a different point of view. Because it seems like the point of view these days is like, hey, tell it all, show it all, or you're going to be a failure. And that's not the case, right? So when I look at Clark Kent and Superman, I ask the question of, that's why I don't always tell people what my superpowers are. But I'm curious, why do you think Clark Kent didn't tell people he was Superman? All right, that makes sense? So now, while you're thinking about your answer to the question, which is going to tell you a lot about how you think, right? The purpose of this question, it ain't about right or wrong. The purpose behind me asking myself the question was to get to the answer that I just told y'all. Oh, this is why, and this, I, this, I literally, everything I just explained, I just figured this out about myself like last week when I was started thinking about this question in this way. It's like, oh, this is why, like, this is who I am. I don't, I don't like just tell, I don't like talking about what I do for no reason. It has to be purpose behind it. Or to me, it's just, it's pointless. Like, why would I tell you I can rap unless we was in a conversation or you got to know me? I don't just walk up to people like, hey man, yeah, I can talk real good, but I kind of can't talk because on my podcast every week, I stumble over words and say, I can talk. All right, you get it. So let's read some of these answers. Um, let's see. I can't read them all. Uh, let's read. Uh, uh, is it KG Aggie? K-A-G-E-E. -E. Uh, I'm sorry, man. Like sometimes our our um I mess people's names up. So I'm sorry. I know exactly who this is. I just don't know how to pronounce her name. Like I've seen her in real life. We went to the same alma mater, although different times. So I know who you are. Much love to you if you're listening. Here's what she said. People would abuse their access to him and try to take advantage of his superpowers for their personal gain. Ooh, that's heavy. So her point of view was, if Superman, if Clark Kent told people he was Superman, then people would abuse their access to him 
And then they would try to take advantage of his powers for their personal gain. So again, I'm just telling you, I'm sharing what people think. And I'm also saying this to tell you, maybe you should think twice before telling Facebook all of your business. Maybe you should think twice before telling Instagram all of your business. Because I feel like we live in this world now. And again, I'm also trying to be mindful not to criticize people who do feel like, hey, I just want to tell it all. That's your prerogative. And this ain't about bashing you. It's really more so about saying there is another way and there are more things to think about than just more likes and more fame. Because when you put yourself out there like that and people know everything about you, they know what you do, they know where you work, they know where you live, they know what car you got. It's like, man, like, yeah, you got to be careful that people might abuse their access. All right, so let's see. Uh, see Denise Lewis. She says, to protect those he was connected to, his personal identity and those he was connected to in his private life would be in danger and fear of retaliation. So keeping his true nature concealed was yet serving and protecting those that he loved. I really like that one. I like that she pointed out that it wasn't even about him. You feel what I'm saying? Like Superman uh, keeping his identity as Clark Kent, it wasn't really about him as much it was, as it was about like, yo, if you know who I am, then you're going to try to retaliate against me by finding the people I love, right? So again, these are just, just interesting things to think about. Um, Kristen Palmer said, people hate and fear what they don't understand. I can relate to that too. I really can because imagine I'm at, you know, work in this corporate world and I'm trying to advance my career. And for no reason, I'm telling you, I'm a rapper, right? Now, you might already have a mind, like a predetermined thought in your mind about what a rapper does and what this says about me. And because there's no purpose behind me telling you this or no context, now you're viewing me like, oh, you a rapper. And if you don't understand, like, no, nah, well, I rap to inspire guys, people. I don't, I'm not like a, you know, gold chain and big rims rapper. Like, then it's like, even all that, I don't have time to explain all that. But if you just see me rap, and see me rap in a way that is not stereotypical, then you will see this gift as a gift and a talent and a skill and something positive. So now I can also be mindful of how I present myself and think through like how what I'm presenting is going to affect what people think about me. Now, again, I'm, I'm talking about this because one of the reasons I'm talking about this is several reasons behind it. But I think, like, people don't realize how much social media is how you publicly re represent yourself. And it's people that I believe are missing out on opportunities because they don't know how to properly represent themselves and they don't know what to share and what to hold back. So it's like you sharing everything, right? You talking about personal stuff. You talking about your problems with your baby daddy and your, your baby mama and how you can't stand uh, the, the manager at your job. And then somebody else wants to promote you, but they just search your name real quick. And they like, oh, why would I promote this person? And all they do is bad mouth the company online, right? Maybe, Clark Kent, you shouldn't have told people or showed people that you have a superpower that's called complaining and being negative. Like, you, you should have held that power because some of us got negative superpowers too. Remember, there's heroes and then there's villains. And the crazy thing is, 
the villains don't always show their true identity either. You feel what I'm saying? Like, Catwoman in the movies, in the Batman movies, Catwoman still go to the, the ball and the dinner as just a regular woman. She don't go there as Catwoman. You get what I'm saying? So even villains hide their identity because maybe some different reasons, but, you know, maybe, maybe if you knew she was Catwoman, you know, she, would, she wouldn't have the job that she has. All right, so let's not... I think we got to learn how to, like, not necessarily just show all our bad features either. We put filters on everything with our personality. All right, I know that's going to hurt. All right, let's see. Ashley May. Um, I told Ashley I was going to use her comment on the show, so what up, Ashley May? Um, Ashley May says, he didn't want the attention on him, though most people don't want to let their light shine without being known. It's too humbling. That one kind of sting a little bit. You feel me? Because it's like, wait a minute. It's too humbling for some of us. It's like, do you have the humility to be Superman but walk around as Clark Kent? That takes a lot of humility, right? Because Clark Kent was a little goofball. People might laugh at him, talk about him. And I think we could live our lives sometimes wanting to prove everybody wrong so bad that it could cause you to go and act out of character. Like, that's something that I just had to learn through the years. Like, yo, your purpose in life can't be to prove people wrong. And that's why this show is about balancing faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Because ultimately, I don't want you to be in a space where, like, you're so focused on trying to prove people wrong that you don't even understand the purpose behind why you're doing what you're doing. Or you've let that become the purpose, right? No, we want your purpose to be why God created you. And I promise you, God didn't create you to prove people wrong. I, I promise you, I just don't believe that. I've never seen in the word where it was like, all right, I'm going to create such and such. And you know what I want you to do? This ain't about pleasing me. This ain't about saving people. This ain't about um, preserving life, which is the way that it's worded a lot of times in scripture when it comes to purpose, preserving life, persevering life. Like, we're not going to preserve life. We just want to prove people wrong. Okay? I... You know what, Jay? I just want you to prove your haters wrong. That's, that's why we're doing a podcast. This is not called Inspire Guys, people. It's called PHW, Prove Haters Wrong. And some of us have allowed that to become our reality. And I'm going to say this, and it stings a little bit, but it's because a lot of people preach messages to us, constantly reminding us about our haters, because those are feel-good messages that likely cause you to give a higher offering. And so people are going to keep preaching to you and scratching your itching ears because they want to modify your behavior and cause you to give money to them. And some preachers can't preach freely because they've made themselves slaves to needing money from you. And that, like, these are little concepts to me that sound small, but they're life-changing when you understand them and apply them. So it's like, no, nah, man, don't make yourself a slave to people to get them to give money or offering. Like, no, nah, bro, you ain't never going to be able to tell somebody the truth if you want money from them. All right, my bad. I didn't, you know what, let me, yeah, y'all weren't ready for that. All right, we're going to read one more, and then I'll move on from this. Let me go down and scroll through some, and uh, let's see if I can get one that is a little different. There's a couple of jokes in there. I advise you to check out my Facebook and, and read it yourself. <laughs> Definitely a couple of people um, joking. Let's see. Casey Gittleson says this. Probably the same reason, symbolically, of why the real Superman, Jesus, told many in his early message to thank God 
and say nothing of who healed them yet. You know what? That I love that answer. I love that perspective because, you know, Jesus was always telling people, like, don't say nothing. And again, it's just this just shows the humility of Christ. You know, he came here of no reputation. So, you know what? Like, dang, that's deeper than I thought originally. Think about this. The whole idea of Jesus coming to earth was Clark Kent. He's God in the body of a man. That's Clark Kent. When they were uh, when they were about to crucify him and they had him on trial, Jesus was saying, and I'm paraphrasing, like, bro, like, it, it, you don't, if, if, if my father came here, like, if, if we wanted to end this, all I got to do is say one word, and the angels coming, and we ending this. But I'm Clark Kent right now, so I'm gonna keep these glasses on. I'm gonna keep on this disguise so that you can't recognize me for who I really am. But for those of y'all really paying attention, y'all know. Because I'm telling you, and this is the crazy thing about it. Once you walk around as Clark Kent for so long, and this could be frustrating, and I understand why people get frustrated and want to start proving people wrong. I get it. Because once you've walked around humble for so long, now you're fighting for people to even believe it when you do say you could do something. <laughs> like, so it's like if I do say like, oh, yeah, I, I can speak. There's no problem. I'll speak at the town hall. And then people looking like, oh, all right, yeah, you, uh, Clark Kent, you can you can speak at the town hall. Never seen you speak before. Okay, well, whatever. Like, this is what I'm trying to get you to understand. Sometimes we just haven't given Clark Kent a, an opportunity to be Superman. So he didn't walk around as Clark Kent because it's like, oh, they don't need me. They don't want me. They're not accepting me. Man, it's it's a deep thing to think about the fact that the Bible literally says, let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. It says that he came here of no reputation. He came here not prancing around as like, hey, look at me. I'm God. Like he was willing to be Clark Kent for a purpose. And when it was time for him to rise, when it was time for him to say who he was, he did it and he accomplished the goal and literally gave his life for our sins so that we can repent. And be, saved. and be saved guys people before we jump into the second half of the show i want to encourage you to text me yeah that's right send me a text at this number 833-946-2518 again that's 833-946-2518 the only thing i want you to put in the text message is one word all together be inspired b-e-i-n-s-p-i-r-e-d be inspired to 833-946-2518. Let's get into the second half of the show. Baby elephant syndrome. I've been wanting to talk about this probably for over a year. It's been on my mind at least. But I always believe in waiting for the right time to address a topic. And I feel like today's the right time. So first, let's start with the definition, God's people. What is baby elephant syndrome? Some of you may have heard of it before. To some of you, this may be breaking news. But I just want to make a couple of very important points and see what you think about it. According to the medical dictionary on freedictionary.com, all right, um, this is what it says. Baby elephant syndrome is a term for hope. Uh, I can talk. Oh, yeah. I can't talk. Oh, mm. 
a term of art for hopeless helplessness learned in childhood, which becomes hardwired in a person's psyche as he or she develops and matures. One more time. A term of art for hopeless helplessness learned in childhood, which becomes hardwired in a person's psyche as he or she develops and matures. Not sure if you've heard this uh, story or not in relation to baby elephant syndrome, but I feel like it's pretty popular. I've heard it uh, several times throughout life. And when you do a little research on it online, you realize, oh, this is everywhere. You know, a bunch of people have written articles and things about it. And so I am going to paraphrase to you uh, this story that supports this definition of hopeless helplessness. That's kind of crazy. All right, so Pete, they say a uh, when you take a small elephant that's in captivity, um, if you take them, let me say this: elephants, according to you know the little research I've done, I don't, I'm not an elephant expert, so don't you know hold me accountable for that. But they say elephants are animals that like to roam free. They like to, you know they like to get around. They like to do their own thing. So if you take a small baby elephant. Uh, in captivity, when they're small, you tie a rope or a chain around them every single night or every day. What this does, because that while they're small, keep in mind, elephants grow to be huge creatures. But if you catch them while they're small enough and do this every day, when they feel that resistance um, from that chain or that rope, what happens is eventually when they get old enough, even though they are strong enough to break the chain or break the rope, it's been hardwired in their mind that this rope or this chain is holding them back so they don't even try anymore. Hopeless helplessness. Woo, that's heavy. All right, so I want to kick it with y'all, and I just want to I just want to dissect this and we'll see where it goes from a couple of different angles. There's probably a million ways, like a lot of topics we talk about, right? It's a million ways you could talk about it. But there's a couple of key points that I want to make, right? A couple of areas I want to go with it. First, let's just, let's just take a moment to just say hopeless helplessness is, that's heavy. Those two words back to back is like, man, that's hopeless and helpless. Like, that's, that's deep, right? So let's put that aside. All right, now you got these elements. It's a creature that you know is going to eventually get strong enough to overcome this, right? But if you catch them while they're young enough or immature or not developed yet, you can actually hardwire some thinking into this animal, this creature, this person, and make it to where they're so hopeless and helpless that even though they are actually capable, they have the skill set, they have the um, capability, they have the talent to overcome their situation. It's so hardwired into them at a young age that they don't even try once they're capable of overcoming it. All right, so follow me on this, right? Because for me, here's the thing. Um. The first area I want to go just as human beings, right, is like, oh, all right, let me let me go back to this. It said like elephants are typically like they like to roam free. Right. So I believe like they were created to roam free. 
So this restriction is not what they were created to be, right? This wasn't God's intention for an elephant to be tied to a rope. That ain't why God created elephants, right? That's not their natural tendency. All right, so what am I trying to say? Our goal, right, and what we talk about on this show as we balance faith and balance business and we dissect these principles and these ideas and these philosophies to try to um, be guided closer to the purpose that God created us for. Like, we want to be who he wants us to be. Like, we don't just want to be something. Because, look, uh, a lion shouldn't want to be an elephant. An elephant shouldn't want to be a zebra. The goal is really to find out, all right, I'm an elephant. What was I created to do? What am I good at? What is my purpose? What is my skill set? What is my capability, right? So as human beings, I want you to understand God created you to be free. He didn't create you to be bound, all right? That's why Pharaoh let my people go. Like, you know, the Hebrews was enslaved, and God is like, nope, that ain't what I created them to be. Y'all need to be free. I created you with a purpose to live in this promised land and to reproduce and to serve me and put no gods before me, right? And to love your brother and your sister, love your neighbor as yourself. God created us to roam freely. Even before that, when you look at Adam and Eve, he put them in a garden and it was like, yo, you can have all this. Just don't touch that over there. You were created to be free. What happens in this life is that through this life, sometimes the chains are physical. Sometimes the ropes are physical and they're tangible. Right. And that's where like, you know, for me being black, that's where a lot of, you know, um, our history in America is, you know, entrenched in slavery. Right. To the point that for some of us, our only identity is what was. And this is why I did a whole episode, you know, three or four weeks ago on Booker T. Washington. We've talked about Frederick Douglass because I don't even think we properly understand our history that we are identifying with. But we're only identifying with the idea of it, not the reality of it. All right. Let's take a five. Let me just pause for three seconds. I just, I just want to let it marinate because I know I'm, I'm throwing a lot at you right now. I'm hitting you with, uh, with combos, all right? So I'm going to slow down. Here is my point. I believe that so many people, and this ain't, this ain't like a black thing, like, oh, it's only black people. I don't care if you're white, Asian, Indian, whatever, black. This can relate to you in different ways, all right? But what I do know being a black person. So let me just talk from that perspective. Like, and when I say like, all right, I'm an elephant. I'm a baby elephant, right? That's, you know, metaphorically speaking. I'm a baby elephant and you've taken me and you've put this rope on me. You've put these restrictions on me since I've been a child, right? So people always tell told me what I couldn't do. I remember uh, growing up and you hear things like the white man, this and that. And when I say people, I'm just talking about society. I'm not talking about like my family or my parents. They didn't get down like that. We didn't rock like that. Thank God for them. Maybe I, I really believe that because the people around me weren't reinforcing this thinking, it was why I was able to break free. But I'm telling you a lot of times, just in my community, and I've, I've given y'all stories on this show. I, I remember when I first got to corporate America, I was only there about six months. Uh, three, three, four months, actually, before I, I was ready for a promotion because the first job I had was tough. 
And I remember I was about to go after this job. And I'm just telling y'all what, what my man said to me. It's a cool dude, too. Like, he ain't, and he didn't mean no harm, but he just was like, I, I was asking him because he had been there longer than me. I was like, should I go after this promotion? And this, looking back, it's like a very, you know, you talking about going from the bottom to steal the bottom just to be promoted. So it wasn't even like a crazy job, but it was something at the time. I was like, should I go after it, man? I, I really want to go after it. I think I could do it. You know, I got my degree, whatever, whatever. He was like, man, they going to just give that job to one of the white guys. Chains, restrictions. Now, I'm not faulting him because if you want to be honest, that's what they used to do. Like, if you wasn't like in the end, like, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but that's what they used to do. They, they had the tendency to tap people on the shoulder that they knew, that they were familiar with. And oftentimes that wasn't somebody that looked like us from the whole time he had been at the company. What's my point? Not to bash the company, bash nobody. That's not the point. The point is he was only reiterating to me the change that had been put on him. And I remember being like, oh, no, nah, bro, I can't, I can't rock like that. I don't care. I don't care what they saying. I don't care what you saw. Like, no, I'm talented. I'm gifted. I can get this. And by the grace of God, I went after the job and I got the job, right? And I'm using as an, as an example to say the chains that was in his mind, because they weren't no longer physical chains. That's why I'm talking about this. Because I think we understand slavery when it's physical and we understand injustice and all these things and you know, all the, I can't keep up with all the words. I'm sorry. We understand it when it's physical and tangible. We don't understand it when it's psychological and mental. And I'm telling you, some of these chains are mental in our lives. That's just an example. This ain't even all about race. I'm not going down that route. I'm just using an example that I'm familiar with. My point was, I got the job. And I always look back on that and I'm like, what if I would have accepted the restrictions that he had created in his mind as my reality? Baby elephant syndrome. Now, some of us can't move forward in life because we've created a reality based on something that happened to us in the past. What have we done? We have actually exaggerated our villains. Everyone has villains in their lives. For some people, it's slavery and civil rights and laws that were created. And for some people, they were immigrants and they didn't have money and they had to, you know, make it out of nowhere. Or it was racism of a different sort. Or for some people, it was just that they didn't have money. And it was like, yeah, OK, I'm white, but I came from nothing, too. Or I came from, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks or. You were born an orphan or you were born with some type of physical ailment or people are born blind. Man, people are born with so many issues, right? And the thing is, if you let people get to you early enough, they can turn what is a real issue. Notice, notice this. With baby elephant syndrome, the chain really is on the baby when they're young, right? So I'm not saying your issue isn't real. I'm not saying your chain isn't a chain. I'm not saying that wasn't a rope. That's not the point I'm making. I'm not saying that slavery wasn't slavery and racism isn't racism and being broke ain't being broken. Being born with, you know, certain uh, ailments and handicaps isn't real. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, B 
be careful if you know that, you know what? This was served to me at such a young age that now is hardwired into my reality that I can't overcome it. As a believer, now I'm talking to the believer in you. As a believer, have you ever seen, does the Bible say we are more than conquerors or does it say that we have to live defeated? Does the Bible say greater is he that is in you or does it say, you know what, sometimes your situation is greater than your God? What I'm trying to tell you is I believe with all of my heart that there are millions of people walking around this earth today with baby elephant syndrome. And they're believing the lie that just because something used to hold you back, that it can still hold you back today. Now, maybe at a point in time in my life, you could have held me back with that thinking or you could have held me back with that comment or that situation. But what I'm telling you, here's the beautiful thing about it. Recognize when you're an elephant. I'm an elephant. By the grace of God, I was created to do more. I'm stronger now. I'm wiser now. We sing the song, I'm better, much better. You sing all those songs. Do you believe it? This is why sometimes I like, all right, I'm just, this is why sometimes I try to break my lyrics down to people because I'm not just in a studio writing songs because I want a bunch of people to like it. And it's a formula to writing songs. Sometimes artists go in songs in a studio and it's seven people writing a song. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. But the song isn't always from a real place. Sometimes the song is just a creation of a bunch of people who are looking for something to connect with people. And that's cool. That's not how I write music, but that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. People win Grammys and make it on the billboard just from creating songs that just because you like it. But my problem is we go around singing things because we like it, quoting scriptures because we like the way it sounds, without ever stopping and taking a step back and asking ourselves, what does this mean? Do you realize that Moses was an orphan? That's a rope. That's a chain. But he was an elephant. See, you might have been an orphan, but you're an elephant. What does that mean? They might have tried to catch you and, and tell you what you couldn't be when you was younger. And I'm here to tell people, man, that's why I, I am willing to fight against the philosophies of this world and the people that will continue to remind you of whatever came up against you. Like we always remind people of their giants, but you don't never remind people of the stone that killed the giant. Like I want to talk more about David in the five smooth stones than I want to talk about Goliath. Some of us are so stuck on Goliath because he was a real person. Like we so stuck on Goliath because we've heard, you know, of his greatness and like, you know, how much of a giant, how big and strong he were, how much of a champion he was that we ain't focusing on the fact that David was an elephant. And David, look, this is the part that some people, you just got to be comfortable with being who God called you to be. Stop being passive and halfway about it. I believe we as believers, man, so many of us are trying not to offend people and trying to say the right thing and be politically correct that we ain't even biblically correct. I can talk. It ain't nothing wrong with knowing that you an elephant. When David was in a situation when Saul wanted to put on his armor where David was preparing to fight Goliath, 
he had no problem telling people why he was capable. He had no problem telling people, I'm an elephant. No, bro, you don't know. I didn't I didn't took down a lion and a bear with my bare hands. I'm an elephant. And like we so scared to say what we are. We are so scared to say what God created us to be. I'm telling you, you got to free yourself. Why? Because an elephant was born to be free. An elephant was not born to be tied down by a small chain. So, yeah, I'm black. Don't tell me what I can't be. Yeah, I'm from the hood. Don't tell don't you could you could read every statistic that you want to read. It ain't nothing but a but a small rope to me that I am now strong enough to overcome. I'm not saying that like I can do it without the grace of God. I'm not saying that like, oh, I'm so tough. I'm so this that I can. What I'm telling you is I'm saying that because that's what I was created to do. Why is it that people are so like welcoming and like open to believing a lie than they are the truth? Does it sound better? Like to, to tell the story of how the rope held back an elephant? Like I could see if, if, if you saying like, yo, they hold me back and I'm not strong enough to fight against it. They hold me back and you know what? I'm not that smart. Like, see, I, that's just not how I rock. I don't believe because of the color of your skin, you less smart than somebody or you're less talented or less capable, regardless of what color that is. I don't believe because you were born with a handicap that you can't overcome that because I've seen. Oh, man, listen, the Bible says we are overcomers by the word, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I've seen and heard too many testimonies to believe that you can't overcome. And that is sometimes the problem, man. The enemy has silenced the testimony of the true believer. The testimony of those who will overcome and inspire and encourage others to overcome. What I'm telling you today is you are an elephant. You were born to be free. You don't have to live in this world as a victim. You don't have to accept that God hasn't given you the strength and the ability to overcome. I've seen too many black people be successful. I've seen too many uh, white people go from broke to successful. I've seen immigrants come into a new country and be successful. I've seen stories of people with no legs who climb mountains. Like, listen to what I'm saying. You are an elephant. This idea that you could take a rope and tie it around someone powerful, someone talented, someone skillful, and literally hardwire it into their brain that they can't overcome something that they literally could take out in one step is amazing to me. It's utterly amazing to me. Look, I'm going to tell you the, the, the saddest part about this to me is that what I'm saying right now could be considered offensive to some. Like, think about that. It could be considered offensive if I went up to an elephant and told him that you're stronger than a rope that's holding you back. Like people will get mad at you these days for telling them you're strong. Let the weak say I am strong. What? Let, let, what why do we sing these? <laughs> all right, man, look, this to all my churchy people out there. Every, every church song that you, I want you to play at least three church songs this week. Three of your favorite church songs this week. Worship anything. And I want you, instead of just singing it without thinking this time, 
I want you to listen to every word that's being said. Whatever your favorite Christian songs are, I don't care if it's new or old or young or I don't care who the artist is. Whatever your favorite Christian songs are, play three of them this week. Play them today, however you got to do it. Three to five songs. And this time, instead of just singing and only singing, I want you to stop and listen to the words. And we sing stuff like this all the time. When you're reading the Bible this week, I want you to at least read one chapter of the Bible this week. And when you read that chapter of the Bible, I want you to stop and actually listen. As a matter of fact, let's go even further. Read one chapter in Proverbs. Okay? That's all I'm asking you to do. Whatever chapter you want to read, it doesn't matter. Read one chapter in the book of Proverbs. But instead of just reading, I want you today or this week to actually stop and think while you're reading it. And when you stop and think, and allow the word to speak to your heart. This is how the chains of the baby elephant syndrome are broken. The reason we're not able to break chains is because we're not stopping and thinking. We are not meditating on the word and allowing the word to be the medicine to heal us. We just reading the Bible just to quote it for another uh, service. And, and we just in the service and we shouting and screaming and we go out and we cussing people out and we ain't even thinking about what we're doing. We just want to create another flyer. Oh, put the flyer out. We got this big artist coming in. It was, oh, man, we back to having church now. Cool. Da, 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 da. And it moves so fast that we never take a step back to listen, to peel back the layers, to allow the word to speak to our hearts. This week, I challenge you to allow the word of God to speak to your heart. Read a chapter of Proverbs and allow the words that God is speaking to 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 take root, to, to, to meditate, like to marinate, meditate on it. Because listen, y'all, you can't speed through this process. I've told y'all from episode one, it is a process. It's a process. I'm not trying to rush you. That's the whole thing with this show. I'm not trying to rush you. What are we rushing for? Are we trying to grow? We're trying to be guided to purpose. You can't rush this. You can't rush this. So take a step back. I know, man. I know. It ain't. Look, we don't do what other people do here at Inspire God's People. It's not about, oh, what's the funniest thing that happened? Let's laugh at this picture and all that stuff. I get it. You enjoy that. It's funny. Cool. It, that's not what we do here. Here, we take a step back and we're thinking about what we're saying and what we're doing. And we're asking God to speak to our hearts. And here's the beautiful thing about it. The word of God produces fruit. You're not going to tell me it doesn't. You're not going to tell me that if you take time to meditate on the word of God and really allow it to minister to your heart and begin to loose the chains that are on your life. And, and look, this is what we got to realize. I'm not trying to offend you by telling some people that you might be in chains. And to the point that it's up to you to take a step and look back and say, wait a minute, why do I think this? Because sometimes I get confused talking to people and telling them they strong and they keep trying to convince me of why they're weak. When I give people reasons why they're strong, they say, no, you don't understand because this happened and that happened. I'm like, that's, that's just the road. That, that's the chain that they put on you. That, they wanted you to think you couldn't overcome, but God called you to be greater. Look at the word of God, man, Daniel, when they were taken captive, 
literally taken captive in literal slavery by Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel and them. They, 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 they was trying to feed them and train them in a way. And Daniel was so bold, he knew he was an elephant. He was like, no, nah, look, he put it to the test. Y'all do that. Y'all eat that. And I'm going to eat this. You know, we all these church people, we on the, the Daniel fast and all that. It's like we ain't even dealing with the principle of the Daniel fast. We just dealing with the menu item. Got to go deeper. Like Daniel was like, no, I put me to the test. I'm an elephant. I ain't scared to say I'm an elephant. Watch what happened when I eat this and y'all eat that. I'm going to be stronger. And that's what he was. He knew who he was. He didn't use the fact that he was literally just taken captive as a slave as an excuse to remain in chains. He got, he knew he was so much of an elephant that he did what God told him to do. And he got elevated multiple times in the kingdom. And it wasn't even about the elevation. That's not even the point. The point was just God created him to be free. So when he was in, when he was captive and he was enslaved, it, I don't look, he had to know that's not what I was created to do. He was considered the best of the best. Them Hebrew boys was considered the best of the best. Could you imagine somebody taking you as a slave, taking you captive, taking you in an entry-level position, taking you as a poor person, taking you as an immigrant, taking you as a, a race that's overlooked, and that their intention was, oh, he ain't nobody, she ain't nobody, it is what it is, but you knew who God created you to be, and you knew you were an elephant to the point that you could say, I'm an elephant, and that little rope, that little chain, that little restriction that you're trying to put on me, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. And I'm only trying to tell y'all, and I'm done, I'm only trying to tell y'all, stop letting ropes and chains define you. When I listen to, to, to people like Booker T. Washington speak or, or, or uh, their writings, I'm sorry, and I look at, read the writings of a Frederick uh, Douglass, I said listen because I listen to the audiobooks. But when I listen to the words of these men, I'm like, wait a minute, this was a slave. So he overcame. Are we telling the testimony, though? Is anybody telling that testimony? Why y'all telling me what I can't be? Why y'all telling me what happened? What used to happen? How? Like, I'm sorry, man. I'm, listen, it's, it's to the point, y'all, where I just want to tell you and encourage and empower you that don't feel bad that the chains ain't weighing you down the way they weighing down somebody else. See, with baby elephant syndrome, here's the thing. If it's three elephants and they all had the same chains wrapped around them, I'm telling you, if you're the elephant that's starting to feel like you can break the chain, don't stay there to make your two friends happy. Because when that thief was at the cross, that thief saw Jesus and he saw healing and release from his chain and he didn't let the other one stop him from repenting. And the problem with some of us is we have a way out. We have a ram in a bush. We have a savior. We have a sacrifice. We have something that came to free us. And we're trying to make other people so happy that we're not even accepting the gift of salvation and freedom from the chains. You got to know who you are. You are a child of God. You were created for better. You were made to be free. You were created with a purpose. You were created with a plan. You are skillful. You are talented. You are strong. You are God's child. Stop letting people put chains on you, chains of doubt, chains of, chains of fear, chains of frustration. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care what happened in your past. 
The blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of Christ is more than enough to free you from whatever they did. And if that offends you, I do not apologize. 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 I do not for all things unclean, he's my Lord and I surrender.
Yeah. 